ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hey ladies, welcome to another episode of the No Higher Calling podcast. So we are back with our Titus 2 Talks. My friend Denise is here with me. Thank you for joining me again. Oh, thank you for having me. It's so much fun to serve with you in this capacity. Oh, it has been fun. It has been fun. And we've learned so much already and gotten such good feedback from this study. So many women are enjoying this and are growing from this. So yes, and that's what we prayed for. So that's always a blessing to hear. But so let me just kind of give a quick recap of where we've been, where we'll be today, and then where we're headed. So in the first episode, we just gave a brief overview of the entire book of Titus. A lot of lessons we learned, cultural background, um, what Paul is instructing Titus to do, the culture that he was in in Crete, some of the problems that arose, not only in the outside worldly culture, but even within the church, things they were struggling with. And then kind of out of that, out of that chaos, out of the command for Titus to work in the midst of that and follow God's pattern and put things in order, we get into Titus 2, where we have this command to the aged women and then what they are to teach to the younger. So we've done the recap episode. We've done an episode on the older woman, the mature woman that, as we talked about, has walked in that process of sanctification. Um, Really looking at Titus 2 verse 3, some of those things that are to be characteristic of her life. And now we are walking through these things that she is to teach the young women. So we addressed last month being sober. This month we're jumping in to the aged women teaching the young women to love their husbands. And then from here on out, we'll just month by month take each one of these things and kind of do a deep dive in scripture. What does it mean? What does it look like? What is that older woman to teach the younger woman? What is the younger woman to be learning and then passing to others as she walks through this process of sanctification? So we're just going to jump in today with the topic of loving your husband. All right. So um, we've learned a lot so far. We have. (laughs) Titus, a lot of similarities, a lot of things in our culture, it's out of order. And um, so we need to be fulfilling our role and doing what God has instructed us to do as part of that setting things back in order. So, um, of course, the sober-minded, just recapping a little bit of that, uh, we really determined that that was being Holy Spirit led Mm -hmm. instead of self-centered being God-centered. And so that's really the foundation for the rest of the... Yes. And we talked about how all of these build and it's amazing even just being a couple in as we're studying, looking back and being like, oh, well, this isn't going to be in its proper place unless this is. And it really is this foundation that we're laying. And then that greatest commandment that we are to love the Lord God with all our heart, mind, soul, strength, you know? And so... Um, the greatest commandment. And then the second is to love others. So who are those others? And I think that's number two here, Mm -hmm. love our husband. And then, you know, the next one will be love your children. Um, So loving husbands 
What what does that look like? And I know you get a lot of comments, and I get a lot of comments and questions about that. Um, man, we've got marriage and um, relationships. That relationship, that love relationship, really just messed up mm-hmm. um, in our culture. We've got some really kinky thoughts on what marriage should look like yeah. and even the definition of marriage. And so uh, we really have to get back to the Bible. And all of this really is summed up in biblical womanhood. Mm -hmm. Are we going to be women who follow God and trust God and believe that what He has said in His Word is for our good, is the best, the very best for us? Are we going to trust Him and believe Him and follow that? Or are we going to follow what the culture says, Mm -hmm. what the God of this world, who is the devil, are we going to follow Him? And really, we just have to simplify. I, I I just have to boil things down very simply because I get really confused mm-hmm. and lost in the weeds and all of that. It really simply is, are we going to follow God or are we going to follow the devil? Mm-hmm. And um, so the secular worldview and that um, some of the things that we see in culture are just from the devil. So we've got to know his word and we've got to um, be women who follow the Bible, yes. and that is biblical womanhood. That's mm-hmm. the definition of biblical womanhood. So I think we can talk about love, and and I think we'll get into that eventually. But I think what we maybe what we need to do first is look at this loving others. The first person that we need to love next after God mm-hmm. is our husband, and we need to evaluate that. And so when someone comes to me and says they're having problems in their marriage, or pray for this, or pray for that. The first thing I ask and the first thing I want to determine is, how's your relationship with the Lord? Mm -hmm. Are you spending time with Him? Do you really know the Lord God? Do you know those attributes? Do you know His qualities? Do you know how He operates? You know, what His expectations are, what what He's like, what He does. Have you experienced God? Mm -hmm. Do you know Him? And do you love Him? After getting to know him, do you love him? And um, that's really the basis. So, you know, before we can love our husbands, we have to love the Lord. We have to love him well. And, of course, we love him because he first loved us. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that I see that in the comparison of biblical love versus cultural love. Mm-hmm. You know, the cultural love is very romantic and even self-centered in many ways. Yes. You know, and in my own strength, I can do some of that. But in my own strength, I cannot love the way God desires for me to love. Exactly. So I need to be growing in my love for Him, learning mm-hmm. more about how He loves me and how then I should in turn learn love others. And it's out of that. Mm-hmm. That right. then I can love my husband. Right. So this isn't, you know, cooking him a great meal or, you know, while all of those, he enjoys those. Yeah. You know, this is really a deeper loving your husband. Right. The way Christ loves. Right. It's not a to-do list. Yes. You know, check, check, check. I've done all of my husband's favorite things. It's not just that. It's deeper than that. Mm-hmm. It is a relationship. So, you know, the Bible talks about having an abundant life. Well, that's in our, in our marriages, too. Mm-hmm. We can have a rich, deep, love-filled relationship yeah. and marriage. Um, 
But that is not going to come easy, Mm -hmm. and that does not come without trials. There are trials and temptations in this world, and we have to resolve right up front that we want to be women of the Bible. We want to exemplify this biblical womanhood, that we're going to follow God, we're going to follow His His Word, and... um, we we have to just make that commitment, mm-hmm. you know, set our faces flint, as if you will, yes. and recognize that there is a division of wills in the universe. Okay, mm-hmm. Satan rebelled in heaven; he rebelled against God, and then he tempted Eve, and so all of this has entered into the world. This division of wills, and that we always have that choice: Am I going to do things God's way, or am I going to do things my way? Mm-hmm. I'm, am I going to act in the flesh? Am I going to follow the world? Am I going to, um, you know, follow Satan, the flesh? You know, and so um, we have got to make up our mind because trials and temptations are going to come. Mm-hmm. It's not. If it's when they are going to come, so we have to choose. We have to choose to love our husbands, and we have to choose to follow God and love God. We it's a choice that we make, Mm -hmm. but it's not a choice that we make without the ability to do it or the help to do it. You know, God is always there um, to help us love Him more and to help us love our husbands more as well. And realizing that we were created for a purpose. And God has a plan for our life. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's to glorify Him. So my husband's purpose is to glorify God, and my purpose is to glorify God in my life, in His life. Together as a couple, as a marriage, we are to glorify God together. Mm-hmm. I am a helpmeet to Him, and we are to glorify God together. So we just have to go back to the basics sometimes. We have to remind ourselves all of these trials and temptations and just life comes flying at us Mm -hmm. and we get all messed up with just some of the things we discussed before we started you know this problem in my bank account and the problem with the car (laughs) and the problem all these things come at us and we sometimes we just need to take a time out and go back to the basics Mm -hmm. and the basic thing is is I love my husband I love the Lord I love my husband and I want an abundant and fruitful marriage. Mm -hmm. And so um, we just have to keep those things in perspective. Yes. So why do these trials and tribulations come our way? Mm -hmm. Why has God given Satan um, some free reign here um, to wreak havoc and to run amok? It seems Mm -hmm. like, and a lot of people say, you know, God doesn't love me, you know, because this is happening to me and that's happening to me. And they want to turn their back on God. And, and then we even know that Jesus prayed in John 17 for us not to be taken out of the world, Mm -hmm. but that we would be protected from the evil one. He's praying for us. And so it is not God's plan for, to remove us. It is not God's plan um, for us to be completely isolated from trials and tribulations. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows He knows what Satan is capable of. And so um, a lot of people get hung up on that. And they want to, they're like, why can't I just, you know, why can't it be easy? Why does it have to be so difficult? Well, God allows these trials and tribulations in our life. Um, we know Satan is acting like Satan. 
He does what he does. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He doesn't want to just knock you down. He wants to pulverize you. Mm -hmm. You know, he wants to kill you. So we know his tactics. We know what he's about. Um, But God has greater purposes, and he has greater plans for us. And so um, there's this illustration that I heard, and I thought it's it's just wonderful illustration as to why God allows these these pressures, mm-hmm. these these uh, trials that come at us. Um, and it is about a group of scientists, I think, from the University of Arizona, and they constructed this biosphere, um, and they wanted to study the planet's living systems and how they actually worked. So they planted a number of trees, and they gave these trees perfect conditions. Um, They had like pure filtered air, uh, organic soil, organic nutrients, pure water, um, perfect temperatures, you know, just this perfect biosphere, okay? And so the trees were planted, and as they began to grow, the scientists realized that these trees were not completely maturing, and that randomly that they they would just collapse. They would just like bend over, Mm -hmm. and they realized that without any stress on the tree— that the tree was not strong enough to last. And so some of the reasons, the bigger purpose, the bigger plan, the bigger reason that God allows us to have these stresses in our lives, this pressure in our life, is to perfect us, is to mature us. And in Matthew 4, um, where Zebedee and his sons are mending their nets, we see that that word mending is the same word as perfected, okay? So many of our life nets, and let's just use marriage as a net, sometimes our net's full of holes, okay? It it may be, there may be lies, you know, holes from lies or failed expectations or holes from misbeliefs. And if you're using a net with a hole in it, it's not very effective. It needs to be perfected. It needs to be mended, so what does a fisherman do? He stitches up that hole, and in order to make sure that it's working properly, he has to throw it back out there and see how it holds up under the pressure of a load of fish. That's how he knows that it's mended. So now what God does, these holes that he identifies in our marriage, um, these these felt expectations or Um, you know, trials or stresses or pressures, whatever it may be, those come along and identify holes in our marriage. And he wants to mend those holes and he wants to make it stronger so that when, um, and mature, mature the marriage, Mm -hmm. so that when greater obstacles and harder challenges come along, we're going to be able to stand, we're going to be able to stand firm and to bear up under that load. It forces us um, to to look to God and to trust Him. You know, Satan's limited on the freedom that he has. He will not be able to destroy us. Mm -hmm. God is the controller of our expiration date, right? Mm -hmm. So, but Satan's um, wiles and devious plans and all that, that forces us to decide who we're going to believe, who we're going to follow, and what truth really is. So we need to look at these attacks, these pressures, as opportunities to expose 
these holes in our net. Mm -hmm. So don't run from those trials. You know, don't don't um, shy away from those. Look and see what God's revealing, and then ask Him to help you repair mm -hmm. and to to be a strong marriage, a marriage that is uh, a fruitful and an abundant marriage, mm -hmm. full of love. Well, I know too, just thinking through some trials that we've had in our marriage, you know, really our marriage can kind of, to this point, can kind of be divided in half. Mm -hmm. You know, we have the pre-trial period and then we kind of have a post-trial period. There was just a season where God chose a lot of difficult things for us to walk right. through. But as much as it revealed the holes in my net, mm -hmm. it also revealed God in a way that we had never really known him. Right. We learned so much about who God is. You're talking about those attributes, those qualities, mm -hmm. that character mm -hmm. of God. And in James 1, 1, it talks about how patience has that perfecting work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, those seasons were difficult. We had to weather the storm. You know, I'm thinking of your tree illustration. You know, it was easy for those trees to grow up in the sunshine and, you know, the right. no harsh environment, mm -hmm. whereas the tree outside might be looking in being like, man, I wish it was always sunny out here. You know, I'm right. getting beat on every side. But the product that it produced was a weak tree that could not even hold its weight in the good time. Exactly. And then there's this tree that hundreds of years later, from how many storms later, its mm -hmm. roots are deep. Mm -hmm. And and I see that God has done that work as I'm looking in my own marriage. You know, the right. more we have weathered those storms and have tried to give him glory in the midst of that, the deeper the roots have been allowed to grow and the more enriching right. that has been, not just for my marriage relationship, right. but for my relationship with Christ, for our exactly. home, for the ministries that and the lives that our home touches. Right. Don't you love the Lord more? Oh, for sure. How he delivered through those trials. Yes. And you love your husband more too. Mm -hmm. Because he was there, you know, he's gone through these, he's weathered these storms with you. He's been a companion, a friend, and your marriage is deepened and mm -hmm. it just, and more abundant, full of a deeper kind of love, yeah. a trusting love. And that's the way God, that's why he uses these obstacles mm -hmm. in our lives, these pressures and stresses that come, is to grow us, to perfect us, to mature us. Yeah. A second thing that he wants is us to depend on him. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want us going through life and doing things the way we want to do things because he knows that's going to be, um, that's going to result in a really bad outcome. Yeah. Okay. It's not for our good. And well, I think in a lot of ways too, especially as I started marriage, mm -hmm. I depended on Simeon for things that I should, yeah. should never have put yes. on him. You know, but in, in some of the easy times, it wasn't quite the reality that right. I had misplaced my dependence. Right. But when the storms hit and all of a sudden I'm realizing he's not going to give me what I need. <laughs> exactly. He can't fix this like right. I need. I realized I had misplaced that dependence right. and I then had to get it where it needed to be on Christ. Well, and sometimes it's difficult to realize that our husbands have deficiencies mm -hmm. or that they're maybe not strong in a certain area. And then we're disenchanted because we yeah. had these misguided beliefs that he was perfect, mm -hmm. you know, that honeymoon love and you're looking at you know before you get married and all and you're just like oh he's just perfect he's perfect you know and then we realize 
No, he's human Mm -hmm. and he has sins and he has flaws just like I do. And so God wants to work those. It's a work of God. He wants to work those out together because Mm -hmm. now you're one flesh. Mm -hmm. You're not no longer two different people. You're one flesh. And when my dependency and my focus was on my husband, Mm -hmm. I did not love him in the way that I should because I was getting frustrated at things that really I shouldn't have been frustrated about. I should, had I had my dependency on Christ, had I had my love rooted in Christ's love, it would have given me the patience and, you know, the perseverance that I want my husband to have with me because I know exactly. he's still working on me. But I did, I wasn't reciprocating that because I'm like, well, you should be perfect, right? I married you. Right, exactly. Well, God does not want us to lean into our own understanding, mm-hmm. but in always acknowledge him. Yeah. We are to lean on him and he will direct our paths. So we've got to get that foundation really mm-hmm. shored up with the Lord. Um, and, and as we all, all already said, you know, this mending process, but it's a strengthening process mm-hmm. also because the devil is roaring. He's roaming around. He's like a roaring line. He's wanting to destroy someone mm-hmm. and he's going to destroy whoever he can. And he loves to destroy what God loves, and that's us. And so we need to be strengthened, and we need to recognize where the devil's working and and just recognize that all of this sin, you know, we're living in a sin-fallen world where where he is the little G, God of this world. And so um, he can only do what God, the one true God, allows him to do, but he certainly can really um, mess with us and Mm -hmm. just wreak havoc in our lives, especially when we believe him Mm -hmm. and we believe his lies. That's why we need to know what the Bible says, because that is truth. And we need truth in our life. God is truth. The devil is the father of lies. Mm -hmm. There is nothing good in him. All he does is lie. And what we do sometimes is we believe those lies and follow that and follow our own desires instead of allowing God to direct our paths. Mm -hmm. So these trials that come through, just like the illustration, that come through into our lives that are allowed by the Lord are to strengthen us and to give us those good, deep roots to withstand um, you know, really hard obstacles um, that may come later in life, you know, mm-hmm. um, financial, really financial ruin or or death, you know, things like that that we may have to endure. Mm-hmm. We've got to we've got to recognize that even in these small things, we're going to be obedient and that these are things that God has allowed to strengthen us, to mend Maybe it's a little hole in our net. It still needs mending before it becomes a big hole and um, to make us more dependent on the Lord. I'm thinking too, you know, not only did God design an established marriage as his perfect plan, but also he pictured his relationship with the church through that picture of a husband and wife. And I'm just thinking as Satan is trying to lie and have his way and cause this compounded chaos, Mm -hmm. how much more of a victory is it for him when he can keep our Christian marriages weak? Right. Especially in this time of storm. You know, I'm thinking of couples that have been through hard things, but they have allowed that storm to have that maturing, strengthening process. And the testimony that that spoke to me 
that of their Christian walks individually, but right. as a couple and as a family, the testimony that that showed, the intense, more intense level of we can trust God. He'll give peace. He'll mm-hmm. give joy. He knows mm-hmm. what he's doing, even though this it doesn't make sense in my life. Right. But then, like I said, on the flip side, how much more victory does Satan get when we allow these storms to cripple right. our own walk with Christ, our marriages, our homes? Right. And then what? what is that picturing to a lost and dying world? They're not seeing anything different. It mars the image of yes. Christ. Yes. It mars his character. And um, it is not the way God intended. Mm-hmm. We do that often. Yeah. We do that often when we do not do things God's way and when we do not allow Him to strengthen us when we try to do things in our own strength. Mm-hmm. It really does. It, it It's not the picture God wants the world to see of Him as the bridegroom and the church as the bride. Mm-hmm. That that um, beautiful love relationship of Christ and the church. Yes. It's marred. When our marriages look look weak and and look like the world and not like what he instructed from his word, you know, women also have such an influence over their has over children, over other women. You know, as an aged woman leading young women, but they probably have the most influence over their husbands, mm-hmm. and so that influence that we have can be um, marred as well. Mm-hmm. And so we really need to um, look at ourselves from a biblical womanhood standpoint, from a biblical perspective, what the woman's role is as a wife, as a helpmeet. And um, the world, I mean, even saying some of these things, I know there's going to be great criticism. And people will twist words and they'll make it sound like this. I am not at all trying to say that men should act like Neanderthals or be rough or mean or cruel. Mm-hmm. The Bible does not teach that. And women do not need to um, be doormats and let, you know, pulled by the hair and all that. I am not saying those things at all. God loves men and women equally. Mm-hmm. But in the order of things, there can only be one leader. Okay, and of course we know Christ. We know God is our leader. He is the one, uh, his word is the order. He's the leader. Mm-hmm. But in the government of family, the, fa- the father, the man, the male, the husband, he's the leader. That's not because he's more important. That's not because he's loved more. It is just because we have to have one leader. Mm-hmm. And that is God's order. That's the way God designed it. And then a helpmeet comes along and um, the woman and helps in this relationship. Mm-hmm. And now they're one flesh. You operate as one. It's not two individuals. And so many times I see so many marriages and I was in that position at one time working against my husband, pulling one. It's like a tug of war. No, I want my way. And he's like, no, it's got to be this way. And and it's just when things are out of order, it is exhausting. Mm-hmm. It is um, it's no fun. It's just it's just awful. Yeah. And um, it, it, it's like a domino effect. 
your marriage isn't in order, your household's not in order, your family's not in order, your other relationships are not in order because all you're doing is complaining about your husband to your best friend or your mom or, you know, and it just, it damages all these other relationships too. So it's really important that we look at marriage um, the way God looks at marriage and looks at us. We're one flesh. We're a team. We, we're one. We go in the same direction. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that our influence over our husbands, if it's a negative influence, we can really damage his masculinity. And, you know, that is, I mean, just look around in the culture now. There is such a push to demasculate men. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, high fashion has dresses for men, and we have men that dress like women, and men marrying men, and just all kinds of things are out of order. It's not the way it should be, and it's just like this biblical manhood is under attack. Mm -hmm. Well, of course it is. You know, that's the, the way the devil operates. Of course it's under attack. So our influence, how do we affect our husbands? in the area of masculinity. Well, if we're constantly criticizing the decisions that they make or saying things like that was a stupid decision, or I can't believe you did that. Not only is that a type of mental and emotional abuse, but it really just, um, demasculates a man. It makes Mm -hmm. them not even want to fulfill the purpose that God created them. It's like, fine, you you do it. We shoot ourselves in the foot because then we're left to do everything. And then we complain about that. So we really need to watch how we talk to our husband. We really want to encourage them um, to, to be the decision maker, not to make decisions without us. Certainly we can have input, especially in these major life decisions like moving the family across the country mm-hmm. or in your case, out of the country, <laughs> yeah. other side of the world, exactly. Or a, a job change or any of these big life changes. Of course you're one, you're one flesh and you're going to give input on that. But do you trust God enough to allow your husband to function in the role that God has assigned to him as leader mm-hmm. of your of your home. And do you trust him enough? Okay, say like your husband maybe is weak in an area of masculinity or leadership. Do you trust God enough to let him fail and still know that God's going to take care of you, even if your husband does mess up a little bit in that area? So we really need to be careful about how we criticize um, our husbands. We don't need to treat them as children or like we would one of our children because they're maybe weak in leadership or weak in an area. We don't need to, as I said, complain about every decision. And we don't need to do that publicly. We don't need to try to correct them or say, oh, no, honey, you're wrong. Even though we said, honey, you're still saying that they're wrong. We I think really even need... in front of the children. Too, yes, yes. That's been wisdom that has been shared with me is even just within your home, you know, you might not think that's public, but mm-hmm. be careful how you talk to your husband right. and how you talk about daddy. Their leadership is directly proportionate to the health of their manhood. Mm-hmm. And so if we damage their manhood, um, they lose a desire and the confidence to be responsible. Mm-hmm. And there again, manhood, biblical manhood. I'm not talking about, you know, an ogre, you know, a Neanderthal, yeah. caveman type. 
biblical manhood. And if we do things God's way, this works perfectly. Not, when I say perfectly, mature-wise, mm-hmm. complete. It is not without trial. We're always going to have trials. You might as well just make up your mind. Your marriage is going to have trials. Mm-hmm. It's just going to happen. So, um, yeah, so we need to really consider how we speak to our husbands. Um, we need to let them lead and be willing to trust God if they do fail, mm-hmm. if they do stumble and fall. We need to trust that he's got He's going to protect us and he's going to take care of us and allow him to develop in that area where he may be weak, just yeah. like they are allowing us to develop in areas that we are weak. Mm-hmm. Um, as women, you know, we, we sometimes it seems like women have more of a desire to learn um, or have spiritual questions, I guess I should say. They tend to read more books. They tend to teach in Sunday school or teach other women. So they tend to have more of a desire toward um, spiritual things. And then a lot of times what we want to do is then preach and teach our husbands. (laughs) And we don't need to do that. (laughs) We don't need to do that. We want God to teach and grow yes. our husbands. We want them to grow in the area of spiritual leadership, mm-hmm. particularly. So spiritual questions that we may have, ask your husband. Talk, have those conversations, those spiritual conversations. Um, ask your husband, like, what direction to go in spiritual matters. You know, mm-hmm. what his advice would be. Or how does he um, believe that God is speaking in a particular situation through the scripture, pray together, pray with your husband over concerns, issues, spiritual matters, leadership matters, areas of weakness. Don't be afraid to say, you know, I'm really not strong in this area. Will you pray for me and with me that God would grow me in this area? And in even tell your husband, I'm praying for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe you can say in a particular area, uh, you don't want to do it like, oh, I'm more spiritually mature than you, but mm-hmm. you want to do it as I love you. This is team. We're a team. I want you to succeed. I'm your greatest uh, companion, cheerleader, mm-hmm. friend. I want the very best for you. And I'm praying because I want God to help us in this area. Mm -hmm. So prayer can never, ever be neglected. It has to be the first thing, talking to God, getting his direction, getting his, you know, guidance. That has got to be the first thing. He already knows what your problem is. So let him identify it. Yeah. And I think here too with prayer that the times in my marriage when something has been out of order and I have tried to fix that on my own. Mm-hmm. It has either accomplished the exact opposite of what I was trying to accomplish. Right. Or it accomplished what I wanted, but not in a lasting way. Right. Because, you know, okay, maybe I think, Simeon, I want you to pray with us as a family every evening. We're not doing that. And, you know, I want you to step up and take the spiritual leadership. This is something that I think we should do. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we do it for a while. But because the decision was made more out of my nagging or, you know, my subtle hinting, or Mm -hmm. I really wish we'd pray as a family, you know, things like that. Whereas a little bit of the road of sanctification has taught me, I cannot accomplish more in my marriage than I can through prayer. Mm -hmm. And it has been the times where 
it's been hard. I've had to just accept patience or swallow my pride, but just say, God, this is a work that you're going to have to, and he's had to do the same thing with me. You know, I'm not Mm -hmm. saying it's all on him, but that has produced a lasting fruit because it was something that, you know, there's, there's one thing in particular that just, I mean, it wasn't a big deal, but it was a little thing that just bugged at me, Mm -hmm. you know, and then, and I nagged for a while and it accomplished nothing. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, all right, I'm just, I'm going to pray about it. And it was years later, but he came to me as though he never remembered me nagging about it, (laughs) but was like, God's really just worked in my heart in this area Mm -hmm. of my life. And it's something that I just, I need to give up and I'm going to do it for him. And that has produced a lasting fruit. I can never have accomplished. Exactly. God's work through prayer can do more than your manipulation. Yes, it can. <laughs> and you're, you, you know, you trying to get things your way. And yes. I have a similar testimony. I was raised in church, especially in this area of spiritual leadership. Mm-hmm. I was raised in church and my dad was a preacher. My husband was not. However, neither one of us were saved until our early 20s. Mm-hmm. He was saved first he heard the gospel message. He accepted Christ as his Savior. And that caused me to think, wait, you're not a Christian? You know, and, and what, I, how did I not know this? How did I not, you know, because we were just worldly at the time. Even though I was raised in church and knew head knowledge, I had never truly accepted Christ as my personal Savior. And so I was saved after him, shortly after him. And so then we're new creatures, you know, and we're, we're going to church. Often times we went to church because it was the expectation of my parents, you know, but, um, we had a desire to go to church after we were saved. And then after we had children, we wanted our children to know the Lord as well. And so we were in a marriage and here we're going forging ahead and he was weak in the area of spiritual leadership. And so there was a void there. And I just thought I needed to fill that void instead of trusting God and and knowing and allowing him to be the spiritual leader, no matter if it was a weak leadership, but allowing him to fulfill that role, I stepped in. I usurped. I stepped in and I tried to lead our family spiritually. And let me just tell you, it was a mess. I was constant. It was just a, a source of contention for us. I was constantly preaching and teaching to him how he needs to do and what he needs to do and all that kind of stuff. Well, that offended him. Um, he never felt like he could measure up. He he just. It was just a horrible time in our life. And then when I realized I am functioning in a way I should not be functioning. I am out of order here. I am not right. And I began praying, just like you did, and stepping back and apologizing and acknowledging that to my husband and saying, look, I'm doing something I should not have ever done. And then my children got to see that as well. And there was damage done to our children um, in those early years because of me usurping that authority. Um, you know, I had the pedigree, I had the education, I had the knowledge, and he didn't. It still was not my role to fill. Mm-hmm. And so it caused a lot of problems early on. But when when I began to pray, and God started mending those holes, and setting things in order, and we started doing things God's way, and not my way, he did all kinds of things. One of the things he did is he led us to different friends, different 
church, different, you know, where we could be in places where he could exercise that leadership, mm-hmm. you know? And so he is, you know, now all of us still have weaknesses, obviously, but he is the spiritual leader of our home and God repaired the damage that we had done to our children. Um, they had to unlearn some things and relearn some things that took time. Mm-hmm. It, it is a sanctification process that takes time, but God did do it. And we still have ways to go. We still, I mean, until the day we die, we're not going to have this perfect. We're still working on the order of things in our emptiness, mm-hmm. in our marriage, in our in this season of our life. We're still working on those things, but God is faithful. He wants to do this. He will do it, but we have to trust him and we have to do things his his way. So, you know, that's a good, a good question for all of us to ask ourselves. Um, Do we trust God? Do we trust that his word is true? Do we trust his plan for our lives? And do we trust that he loves us so much that he wants us to succeed and he wants to give us um, an abundant life in our marriage. He wants us to succeed and to image forth that um, that beautiful relationship of Christ and the church. Do we believe that? If we do, just think just think about if we did things God's way, if we um, trusted God enough to function as a biblical helpmeet, us as women. And we used our influence in ways that brings God glory. Just imagine the blessings that would come from that and how the whole nation would benefit from us biblically functioning, our biblical functioning homes. Um, It would just be amazing what God would do if we would just trust him and obey him Mm -hmm. in these things. Um, You know, a lot of men think that church is just for women and children. Um, you know, a lot of our churches suffer from a lack of male leadership, and um, we give a, a bad testimony, and God's Word is blasphemed. You know, the reason why these things are in order is so that God's Word will not be blasphemed. Mm-hmm. But when we do it our way, His Word is blasphemed, and then our children have that bad example to follow. Just yeah. think, if we would do things God's way and have biblically functioning homes, what a blessing that would be, not only to us, but to this whole entire nation, mm-hmm. to those around us. And just think of the glory that God would receive and how we would fulfill our purpose for being created. And that's to glorify God mm-hmm. and to glorify God as a husband and wife, not as two individuals, but one one flesh as husband and wife. It'd be amazing, wouldn't it? It would. It would. And I feel like that leaves us at a perfect point to springboard when we come back together in next month as we transition from love your husbands to love your children. You set it up for the perfect bridge point we'll jump into because as we love our husbands and our children and that in the home, that sets another generation. Mm. The Lord willing will pattern his example and teach our children then how to love their spouses and their children. And that could just impact I've read that somewhere yes. in the Bible. <laughs> Sounds like a good plan. Yes, yes. Well, do you mind to close out this episode I'll in prayer? I'd be glad to. Father, I thank you so much for your word. And I thank you for how it cleanses us from the inside out and changes us to look more like your son, Jesus Christ. 
Father, I pray that you take the words that were spoken today and use them for your glory. We love you, and we ask these things in your name. Amen. I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.